I V M. Hey, this is Watcha, and you're with me, May, and this is Watcha with Ani Guha. What's up? He, he's a he's a film critic and writer, and he basically recommends all the good stuff you gotta be watching. Yeah, watcha, <laughs> watcha, watcha watching, watcha watch, watcha watching. Yeah. that sounds so much better. Like what you than, doing? What you doing? Yeah, where you going? So you know what? Um, the Oscar nominations are out. Quite exciting. I'm excited. Are you excited? Yeah, but it's terrible, right? I have mm. pretty much watched nothing this month apart from Oscar films. So Great I job. have this Welcome disease. <laughs> I have this disease where I need to watch every last Oscar film that is nominated in every single category. That's a good. And thing. I've been doing that for the last three, four years. So this year, I'm going to watch two movies that you probably don't. I mean, don't even know about. One of them is the hundred-year-old man who walked out of a window and disappeared. Now that's the title of a Swedish film, uh, which is part English and has been nominated in the hair and makeup category. Uh, has no What? other nominations. Is not going to win the award, but I'm going to watch it because I have to. But what is it about? I don't know that. I'm yet to watch the film, but okay. from what I could gather from the trailer, it's mm-hmm. it's essentially about a hundred year old man who walks out of the window and disappeared. And hence the title. And they won for hair. They were sorry, nominated for hair and makeup. Uh, it's been nominated for hair and makeup at the Oscars. Yes. Is it really well done? I mean. Hair and makeup in the trailer. Yeah, so what <laughs> happens every year is that you have your favorites. Like this year, there's mm. the Mad Maxes and there's the Spotlights and mm. the Big Shots, which get multiple nominations. Of course. But in every category, there are always these couple of uh, films that you know sort of qualify for only a particular. Category. They seem very sort of under the radar kind of. They are yeah. so because I mean they aren't necessarily good films. So the thing about the Oscars is that if you're going to just make a list of the films that have been nominated and mm-hmm. watch them, chances are you're going to end up watching good shit. Yeah. But in the case of these sort of fringe uh, films, if I can call them so, fringe at the Oscars, not mm-hmm. not in the mainstream, it's a hit and miss. Oh, like that. Yeah. For it, me, <clears throat> I think what excites me about the Oscars. Is I mean besides the standard you know best film best director blah the the big big categories everyone gets excited about those for me um the the original music the original Correct. soundtrack stuff Correct. is always stuff that really excites me so I'm yeah but we're talking about music actually we are sort of beautifully segueing into like <laughs> a movie that you've seen recently that sadly I haven't but I'm dying to see um, you're gonna tell me about Straight Outta Compton Correct. which is basically about the rise and fall of the the, the Compton, California hip hop crew, NWA niggas with attitude. So, firstly, <laughs> tell me about the movie. Like, tell me, like, what do you thought about so it? So, here's the thing. You know, uh, uh, of all the movies that I had got together uh, that are nominated at the Oscars this year, Straight Outta Compton is probably the one I watched uh, among the last three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it just seemed like a massive undertaking, right? I had a two hour forty seven minute version, which is the director's cut. Uh, which is available, uh, whereas a two-hour twenty-seven minute is what plays in theaters. Mm-hmm. But I had this massive version, and I thought it would be this biopic, which would be sort of tense and sort of emotionally laden and heavy. And so I was a little hesitant to get into it right away. You know, you there yeah. are certain films that you just need to be in the kind of right 
mood in True. to watch agree, yeah. whereas there are movies that you can just pick up and start watching mm-hmm. uh so this seemed like that film and and then i just watched it on a lark and it was the most engaging 2 or 47 minutes of all the films that i've watched over the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, apart from your main mainstays which which is of course man max fury road and spotlight and the big shot yeah. also because it didn't get nominated for best film uh which is what led to the entire oscar so wide controversy right yeah and as a lot of hollywood people have spoken yeah uh after the controversy broke out is that the problem is slightly more deep rooted than the constituency of the academy exactly right? it's got more to do with the fact that white uh folk are sort of uh, in any way preferred uh in terms of you know in terms of getting the best roles in terms of doing yeah. a higher number of films and hence increasing their chances of getting nominated so but it's not just that i mean <clears throat> this is a discussion that we were having at one point as well about the people who are actually um in in the jury for the academy or or forget that the people who are the big production companies right. are mainly headed by white people right. like i mean the ones that are putting out these movies at the end of the day how many like um like big budget like black films straight out of compton i know is one of them this was actually i actually found out about this it is the highest grossing a uh, music biopic since Correct. walk the line Correct it it sort of overtook walk the line Mhm no but that's the beauty about the film so i'll get back to the film and then we'll go back to the oscar conversation <laughs> uh so it's 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 a biopic right i mean yeah. we know that and it's it's a true story music is obviously an integral part of the storytelling and you've got the characters that are playing i mean that are ice cube dr dre mc ren and all these guys yeah. uh easy of course and it's just that what makes compton work is that each of these characters are beautifully written mm-hmm. uh f gary grace directed the film and that's what makes the film work that each character's story sort of works on its own steam and then it comes together so it it's not just a biopic you know it's a film about discrimination it's a film that sort of very aptly uh shows us the music scene of the late 80s and early 90s yeah. about how the system how the industry functioned for example yeah and well, i think one of the most beautiful things um just to understand that the hip hop scene in california and 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 obviously compton at that time they were at the helm of something huge it yeah, was not just yeah. about i mean they were incredibly controversial but like uh, american radio stations weren't willing to play their music Correct. um they were completely like the police yeah, was one of their most yeah, famous yeah, songs yeah. um technically by the way ice cube is not from Compton he's actually from Los Angeles just Yeah yeah see look uh, no, I, Ice, Ice Cube and Dr Dre are the two producers of the film Yeah so Dr Dre I mean is one of the greatest producer hip hop producers in the world um Ice Cube is considered I mean even Snoop Dogg himself says that he is one of the greatest MCs of all time Correct And it is it is a the, and, just, and I just I'm yeah. sorry I'd like to interrupt you is that they've brought out those facets of the characters beautifully in the script. Yeah. So I mean when Ice Cube gets into a room and he starts jamming and then the words start flowing and it just yeah. takes the scene to a place that you want it to go. And I'm saying that if you know nothing about their music mm-hmm. uh if you've never heard a Dr. Dre production or have, if you have yeah. no clue about who Ice Cube is and if you just watch straight out a Compton you'll get a pretty authentic sort of idea mm-hmm. about about the lives and about the music they created and in fact the f- 
the police uh, <laughs> sequence yeah. in the movie is outstanding really? yeah so they've no, kind of they've, they've of dramatized it you know they've they've it's it's happening at a at a at a concert there are cops the outside Detroit they've concert. just been told by the cops not to play the song and of course they have to play it of course they have to. and there's an entire build up to it and you know as it happens in these sort of high voltage kind of sequences it's it's beautifully built up and then and then the song and so what they've done is they've kept referring to the song to that point but made a point to not play it uh so that as a viewer you are sort of anticipating it constantly and then they played in that sequence and then it just comes boom like an right and, and then there's this massive action scene that follows with a sort of a you know with sort of the audience sort of getting in when the cops come in and they yeah. get arrested and take it away. Cuz it was a huge because of it was a Detroit concert there was a huge riot and they got arrested and it was yeah. all over the press that they got yeah. arrested. Yeah and Holy. each of those actors have been so well cast. I mean really? right after they're arrested and put into the van they all break into laughter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an amazing moment and all yeah. of these actors I believe have been cast uh from because i mean they all have a physical re- resemblance to all yeah. all the characters yeah so i think that the casting is amazing mm-hmm. uh the guy who plays easy e in fact so i think now we should get back to the oscar so white controversy Ooh. uh look the thing is has straight out of content got a raw deal probably uh what categories it's hard to say look uh like for example a lot of people were expecting nominations for say a will smith for concussion or a or a samuel l jackson for the hateful eight mm-hmm. but all of these are extremely debatable sort of um, contenders right because if you look at the list of the supporting actors it it's such a strong list you know you've got mark ruffalo from spotlight you've got tom hardy from revenant you've got mark rylance from bridge of spies and so on and so forth and it's difficult to break mm. into these groups so is this a problem yes is it is it a problem that of the 20 actor actress supporting actor and supporting actress categories not one uh not one actor is black yes that's a problem but it's got less to do with if deserving candidates have been left Those out decisions are not racial right i mean it's to do i would the- like to believe they aren't because all the other five performances are absolutely fantastic Amazing. you were saying that the guy who acts as easy a would it would easy. have been Easy, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Easy. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a, another movie. No, I mean at least at least uh, I believe I believe new guy called Jason Mitchell. I mean at least I haven't mm-hmm. seen him in, in any other film. Uh, he is fantastic in the movie. What I'm saying is that if there is one guy in an entire cast, it's an ensemble of six seven actors, yeah. uh, including Paul Giamatti, who I've been seeing all over the place. Yeah, because they're, they're the Heller, right? The in, guy who's like correct. Their the their agent. I I watched him in Love and Mercy, which was again music oriented film. He's always he's he's the music manager. Yeah, he's the music. Movie. Yeah, and, and he was in Billions, which uh, which sort oh, of premiered yeah. in Jan. which i watch so it's like i've been having a paul giamatti fest like everything yeah. i watch he just pops up and he's so good as <laughs> in every role yeah but of the entire ensemble i think only uh, michel is the actor who would have probably made the cut uh, for supporting actor or stood a chance yeah. where straight out of compton has really got a rody and it has got a best original screenplay ca- uh, nomination, nomination. Uh, which also has created controversy because both screenplay writers are white 
Oh, ouch! Yeah. Oh my yeah. God! I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. So even that one little thing that should be crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> even that's been taken away yeah. from them. But I do believe that uh, it should have been nominated for best film. I think that's the only real category. Mm-hmm. that it sort of uh, lost out on so i mean you know what I, one more thing about the movie i was reading uh, a couple of reviews and a lot of people were saying that when a lot of critics like the new york times and la times had sort of said that when uh, the mo- went around the music the film is really great but anything that's in the periphery sort of gets lost a little bit some people felt like the ending was a bit too bloated where it's concentrating too much on heller yeah. and what did you think no i didn't think any of that actually i think the way the movie's been paced is that when the music stuff is happening in the first hour and a half of the film the movie just races along it's extremely pacey okay you know it's 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 almost relentless you mm-hmm. do not you know sort of get a chance to breathe uh, or or to pause and just sort of you know take in what's happening cuz and that's great storytelling you know it just keeps you mm. on on the edge of your seat and the moment they they sort of are uh, disbanded there's no music happening after that right they're doing their own individual stuff mm-hmm. now that's not integral to the plot so you can't bring that music in just to keep the music element going yeah. because it's not important to the story then you just need to see where these characters are where they're going and so if that sort of makes you feel like it's it's less engaging than than the first half Yeah. Then I mean that's unfortunate, right? Because what you're actually seeing so is their story. What is the end? I mean, does it end? Because I know that Ice Cube did that. There's a whole lawsuit against that Ice Cube wanted royalties for Straight Outta Compton, and there was there was a lawsuit that he filed. There have been a Heller. bunch of law- lawsuits. That's that also been, true. Uh, I <laughs> believe I believe MC Ren's uh, sort of uh, unhappy with his portrayal in the film and uh, the, and the fact that he's been. No, I'm saying like, where did Straight Outta Compton end? Because there at that time when they split up. No, they haven't gone. They haven't gone into all that. See, that's what I'm saying. It's not a technical film. Mm -hmm. It's essentially you take away the fact that it's about music. Take away the fact that it's. So it ends with them disbanding, basically. Uh, no, it. I. I won't tell you how it ends (laughs) because it's. It'll be. We'll be getting into spoilerish space. Okay. But uh, no, it. It ends in a very nice place. Is all I can say. The disbanding happens about. Forty to fifty minutes before the end, because it can't mm. end with the disbanding, right? It no. has to. You've got to see what happens after. That's just the conflict. Yeah, yeah. Well, they would. I mean, they had a lot of like, creative, even though they, all of them were amazing in their own right. I mean, I mean, everyone. I mean, I mean, I not that I followed like niggas with attitude, but I mean, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube were like the the biggest like hip hop like people. Like, um, unless a uh, hip hop like fanatics would obviously know about all of them, but I was. Uh, you know, a there's there's a, there's a very funny scene in the film when oh, yeah. JMRT meets the group for the first time, and he's like. <laughs> He's like, you know, I I I want to be your agent, and I'm gonna put you all on the map, and mm-hmm. and then he's like, what does NW even mean? Is it is it no whites allowed? Man, <laughs> and and you got easy look at him, and he's like, niggas with attitude, <laughs> and and Paul Giamatti is like, all right, I got this entirely wrong. It's a very funny scene because to that point, also the audience does not know what NWA stands for. Oh, yeah, you know, um, sort of going back to this whole Oscars thing. What is your take on it this year? Do you think? I mean, for no, example, I, I, I was trying to say this earlier. Actually, mm-hmm. when we look at the me- best film category earlier, you'd have five, and then they made like it, eight or something, right? Yeah. So then they 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 said it could go up to a maximum of ten. 
and they've changed the entire voting system that's a little technical i don't want to go into that right now mm-hmm. my whole point is that this system has been extremely faulty because every year you have these eight or nine films of which at least three or four you know are completely pointless and have absolutely no chance of getting that oscar uh, for example the grand budapest hotel i was so but you know what happened that was a beautiful movie and comedies never get into but best. if there were five nominations it would have made the cut look what i am mm-hmm. trying to say is that even with five nominations there are always going to be two films that are going to fi- be fighting it out and there's going to be an upset film which is going to be your number 3 or number 4 sort of underdog that comes out of nowhere and wins this year your top two are spotlight and mad max fury road but mm. uh but big shot has uh, just recently won the producers guild award and and it, whoever wins producers guild award chances of him of that movie winning best film hence you know then goes higher so right now this the race is kind of getting interesting between three films okay so um that was ani guha this is may and um you're listening to watcha we'll be back with a couple of more tv and film recommendations for you after this break So you're back with me May. This is Watcha with Ani Guha and in the studio is guess it's Ani Guha. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you weren't here I was talking to myself. Yeah, but you should do that sometime. Just talk to just myself. Just pretend to be me. Like Ani didn't turn up it's a bit yeah. late. So I'm just like Talk about what are you watching nowadays? Tell me that. Oh, oh don't go <laughs> no. there. Why not? You're just like <laughs> Let's let's watch out with me. Watch out with me. What was the last movie I saw? Actually, I saw one really recently. and it's completely evading me what are the news things in the cinema right now like a hundred different things yeah well, like did you watch the force awakens force yes i did and i really genuinely enjoyed it and i've seen all the star wars movies no but was no, it really the last recently, thing you there's a new new one that came out that i've i've, I've watched airlift really no i have not seen airlift what's wrong with airlift why don't I you want to watch it i'm not like a big akshay kumar fan or something yeah so neither am i but it's a good film are you serious yeah Do you think it was actually good? Like do you genuinely would you tell people this is about a good recommendation, yeah, right? Yeah, but that's Honey? what I do for a living. I review Hindi films. No, but uh, we're saying this is not about reviews, but, it's a good recommendation. No, no, of course I get, I get that. So I'm saying that Airlift after a long time is an Akshay Kumar film. Uh actually it's the first ever Akshay Kumar film that I've gone uh, sort of out there and asked people to watch. Mm-hmm. Because when you watch it you realize it's Akshay Kumar is just part of it in the sense that it, there's a bigger story happening there huh. uh, which is about these 170000 indians who were evacuated from kuwait uh, and raja krishna menon the guy who's directed the film comes mm-hmm. with a very strong indie background okay so he's made this film called bara ana before which had nasiruddin shah vijay raz and arjun mathur oh, wow. so that's his space right he comes from a very real sort of gritty yes 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 namaskaram namaskaram okay yeah so he <laughs> so i think elif uh it should not be seen as an akshay kumar film at all it should be seen as a film as a that has akshay kumar no. in it and he's very good because uh, i'm shocked uh, yeah yeah but you're recommending airlift yeah by the way i just remembered one movie i did watch in the cinema recently stevedo russell's new movie joy yeah. with jennifer lawrence so i like joy a lot frankly i you mean didn't. it's great fun it's 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 good but uh, i thought it was like underwhelming in many ways can i say something i it's it was an extremely flimsy plot here right okay was, so the thing is what holds the film together is literally jennifer lawrence 
as she holds the entire thing together and I think if she wasn't in it it just would just fall apart because she I think her acting was brilliant in it and whatever she did in it was amazing but when the storyline it starts off really well because I you know you really get that there's so many women out there who are going through something very similar yeah. where oh this is all that you can do but towards the end I was a bit like it's just it's not like you know, you're sweeping it together. But no, I got a lot. I also found a lot of traces of Silver Linings Playbook. The entire dysfunctional family aspect. Uh, you know, I thought Robert De Niro's character was beautifully written, even in Joy. You know, it's yeah. hilarious the way he comes in, the entire anger management issues that he has. I love it. And the relationship I think that between... that bit of the wedding the, is like my favorite bit. <laughs> correct. Also, also, the, also the bit about his wife what, being glued to the TV at all times. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 had its, it had some nice things going in there. It had a lot of Russellisms as, as you can call them. You know, these yeah, really but, quirky you know, characters. Yeah, but dysfunctional family thing. Like, I mean, Wes Anderson does it really well. David yeah. Russell does it really well. But I just, I but, don't think it was his best. But every Russell film I watch gives me a similar kind of vibe. It has this very, it's almost like a Sorkin film. Like all Sorkin movies have the same kind of dialogue delivery or character traits. But the mm-hmm. difference there is that there are different directors uh, helming them. which So they manage to bring about these little sort of yeah. variations. Russell writes a lot of his own stuff. So, a lot of his films end up sounding the same, which is not a problem because, you know, there is a certain consistency in in his style of writing mm-hmm. characters and the way they speak, which is nice. It's just that if the plot doesn't work, which, which I won't which say... Which is the, where I think Joy maybe failed a little bit. Correct. That's the big problem with Joy. I loved American Hustle because... because I the, loved American because Hustle. Because the plot worked there. Each and every character was distinct from the other. I thought they were much better written... Uh, then, then say the Bradley Cooper character in Joy, or even I mean Jennifer Lawrence, brilliant in Joy. But I did feel like I have seen her do this in another Russell film before. So it, yeah, so that's I liked, and also Amy Adams was awesome in like American Hustle. Yeah, she was just something about she him. was actually better. I thought uh, Jennifer Lawrence uh, obviously walked away with a lot of the accolades, and she I think got a nomination. I, you know what? That bugged me too. Amy Adams was spectacular in. She just like, suddenly remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> How good was she? Yeah, she's awesome. Hey, wait a minute. We we had you know what? I'm supposed to be hosting this. I'm supposed to keep this. You're distracting me. No, that's these other movies like airlift and joy and stuff but we were going to talk about your film recommendation right now i mean we've done the oscar fix but like now it's going you know we're we're staying within the oscar like yeah sort of oscar because there are lots of yeah yeah yeah. we're still in the mood no so you're right because the movie i'm going to talk about is is infinitely polar bear it's actually a pretty old film 2014 it premiered in 2014 at Sundance, which is Jan. I swear, I saw that. When you tell me about it, I'm like, didn't this movie come out like ages ago? But but it released in the US in June 2015, uh, which makes it less than a year old in the theaters, mm-hmm. which is how it becomes uh, sort of eligible for selection at the awards, which is how it got nominated at the Golden Globes. Uh, so and it stars I, Mark Ruffalo and Zoe Saldana correct. as husband and wife. Correct. And and they have these two little cute uh, girls and they are just mm-hmm. like amazing and outstanding and I just love them both. 
and uh, and there are some great scenes between the father's character played by Ruffalo and the kids it's essentially a story about a guy who's sort of gone through a really bad time in life and uh, and so he's bipolar and uh, and he has some sort of a nervous breakdown due to which he needs to be put away in a facility and and then when he comes back out the wife and the two kids are going through a really rough patch in life so saldana's character says that the only way they can get stuff done is if she goes ahead and gets some sort of a degree uh and and sort of gets gets admission uh, outside boston which is where they stay i love boston movies i mean i i love that city and i love period films set in boston because this, the the city has so much character to it yeah. uh and so then it really comes down to this one guy who's dealing with his own sort of mental problems and the fact that he's bipolar and he's not the best fit uh for a guy to be living with two girls and bringing them up but but you know so the family is sort of pushed against a wall and there's pretty much nothing else they can do around this so they reach some sort of an arrangement where the wife is supposed to be coming down every weekend but monday to friday this guy has got to look after the two kids now this become wow. yeah so there is a lot of scope for as we say rona dhona and you know a lot of emotional sort of uh, uh, an extremely over dramatized uh, uh, you know version of sto- of the story to happen but but the beauty of infinity polar bear is that it's been written in a manner where it remains witty throughout and it's lighthearted which is which is amazing because it's talking about very serious issues yeah keeping it lighthearted at the same time and and as an as the viewer that kind of messes with you as well because you feel like laughing at these characters even when they are going through shit and then you feel wow. like shit about it this is like little miss sunshine yeah, right it, it's sort it's of- a lot it's it's a lot like little miss sunshine but but the thing about little miss sunshine was was that there were a bunch of characters out there to feel bad for yeah. <laughs> here it's just ruffalo <laughs> i mean i mean ruffalo is the kind of character where his little girl goes like you are an asshole and he's like you are an asshole because he really he's in inequipped to deal with parenting he he is wow, a child himself that is just right like- so it's like three kids living in a house together one of the kid happens to be the father played by ruffalo and he has to be the most responsible kid of them all but all he really wants to do is just go out in the night and drink for example there's this beautiful scene on the first night after they've been fighting through the day right the girls mm-hmm. and him don't really get along i mean they love him as the father who spoils them when the mother's around but once the mother's gone they hate him because he's playing the role of the father and the mother and they don't want him to play the role of yeah. the mother they want their mother and and there's this amazing scene after they go to sleep and then he just walks into the kitchen and there are just utensils piled up and then he walks into the laundry room and there are like dirty clothes to be put for a wash and he, and then he goes out in the living room and it's like it's a dump and and it's you just oh feel terrible for him right and mm. and ruffalo is just amazing in the film he has that quality that you then that, that he makes you feel like he's he's vulnerable but at the same time he's also very funny and smart and he's he's really good in the film you know what mark ruffalo i always feel like he is this this borderline between 
you know, he does these amazing, amazing films. I mean, a couple, I mean, he's been nominated twice for supporting actor, and that was Fox Catcher and The Kids Are All Right. Correct. And now he's been nominated. This year for Spotlight. For Spotlight, right? Another film that he's absolutely fantastic in. So, uh, I don't know, actually. So, I'll tell you Spotlight. what happened. At the Golden Globes, he was not nominated for Spotlight. Uh, he was nominated for Infinitely Polar, Polar Bear in the, okay. comedy char- in the comedy category as best actor okay. and you know how the comedy category at the Golden Globes is nobody takes it seriously it just exists because because you know you. somebody has to win that award this year it was Matt Damon winning for comedy again for The Martian which has also sort of led to a lot of controversy in the US about how The Martian could be considered to be a comedy com- comic film alone yeah, whereas it's really that. a strong drama yeah. with comic elements thrown in but uh, but so he's nominated for Spotlight which I think is a Absolutely well-deserved nomination. We all know it's going to be Sylvester Stallone's here. Everybody wants to hear that Rocky theme one last time. Have of him have, have him go up on stage <laughs> and collect an award and say, Yo, Adrian, for, for, for a character he played like 39 years ago. Oh Everybody wants to see that happen. But, but if you've got to go by talent... If you've got to go by performance, yeah. if you've mm-hmm. got to go by the guy who deserves it more, I think Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight was, he was spotless. He was absolutely, there was nothing about his character in Spotlight mm-hmm. of this. Again, he's playing a Boston journalist in there in the 70s because that's what Spotlight's about. We'll probably talk about the film in one of the later episodes. Yeah. But but Ruffalo. We've got a lot of time before the Oscars. Yeah, yeah we've got time. We've got episode <laughs> three and we've got episode four before, <laughs> before the Oscars there. But, uh, but, but so he's changed his entire body language, for example. And, and when you watch him on screen, just watching him walk from one side of the frame to the other you cannot really tell that it's ruffalo at all that's how believable he is as a character in spotlight mm-hmm. but uh, but coming back to infinitely polar bear he's he's absolutely fantastic and i think it's amazing that ruffalo can keep sort of turning in these performances while he goes back to do a big budget blockbuster like the avengers mm-hmm. make a lot of money on but it but you know what i think mark ruffalo is so different because he sort of sits on this line of where you know that he can probably do really serious stuff like we've mentioned like um you know with spotlight or with infinity polar or just like a, a sweet movie but he also is someone that straddles like this rom-com thing which i've seen him in like 13 going on 30 yeah, yeah. i've seen him in just like heaven and he does like these like rom comy things too yeah although um, he's not doing a lot of that lately no he hasn't no. but i'm saying that he's sort of like this weirdly i mean I feel like he's incredibly versatile in that way. But Mark Ruffalo is somebody who's really mixed it up beautifully. Yes. I think I think where Ruffalo stands apart is is the way he picks his scripts. I can completely understand him doing a fox catcher or yeah. him doing a spotlight because these mm-hmm. are those films that are backed by a certain kind of producer has an ha, they have an ensemble in place. These are films that you know are going to make a lot of noise at the yeah. Oscars. So there is that selfish reason to be attached to them where you know that, you know, there is award recognition at the end of the tunnel. But to do a movie like Begin Again or to do a movie like Infinitely Polar Bear, which Mm -hmm. are these really small indies, which have a very small shelf life, a very small audience. Shelf life at the theaters, I mean, they, they, if it's a good film, it'll probably have a much longer shelf life on DVDs and stuff like that. So I think it's great that Ruffalo can do your big, 
blockbuster superhero film and sort of combine that with these uh, you know sort of Oscar vehicles so to speak like Spotlight and Foxcatcher and then at the same time do these small indies that are made for an entirely different market altogether and i think uh, i think that's that's great about ruffalo i got to ask you one thing <clears throat> about mark ruffalo do you think he's mr supporting actor will he ever be mr best actor i think that's an extremely uh, important and interesting thing you've brought up i i that's where infinitely polar bear sort of sets it apart uh, is that it's a leading role it's mm-hmm. a leading man's role and he's absolutely he just completely knocks it out of the park in that film and in a spotlight to have stood out in an ensemble that has such great actors in one film there's Liev Schreiber there is uh, yeah, Rachel oh McAdams God. there is Michael Keaton uh there are all these guys who are really good uh so my point is that uh it it really does not matter i think the leading actor leading man tag is not really required because because the ability to stand out in an ensemble of this kind in itself is is a sort of herculean task yeah. but yes i mean can he pull it off hell yeah i mean infinitely polar bear is entirely centered around ruffalo mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of time before he gets a really strong meaty part in a film that has him playing the protagonist i'm i won't be surprised if he manages to do something like that in the next 5 6 years that he is where he is going to be a really strong contender for the best actor award uh in future i i totally see that happening awesome so you know what we'll take a break right now and up next we're going to be talking about on the web things you got to check out there are basically on the interwebs right after this break And you're back with me, May, and this is Watcha, 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 Ani Guha. So <laughs> that didn't sound like you at all. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you. This section is going to be about things that people should watch on the interwebs. Correct. And what have you got for us today? So uh, since we've been talking about Oscar films mm. and it's Oscar season, mm-hmm. uh, so there's this thing I do every year. Once yeah. I've watched all the films, but it's important that you've seen all the films so you enjoy this more. Is that the Hollywood Reporter does this? Does these amazing roundtables? Right. We know about them. Uh, so they. they take the best actors of the year and the best directors and the best writers it's it's a sort of annual round table that they do it helps if you watched a lot of the films because a lot of the conversations that they have then Quite. are a lot more enjoyable yeah uh, technical and referential to the 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 movies that they're talking right. about right so i am all set to watch them this week and i haven't seen them yet because mm-hmm. i was still catching up on a lot of the oscar films yeah. i'm yet to watch concussion so i plan to do that over the next couple of days and then i shall be ready to watch the hollywood reporter round tables but the ones that they have this year is that in the actors round table they've got will smith mark ruffalo benicio del toro joel edgerton michael caine and samuel l jackson uh, all of these had movies there was concussion spotlight Sicario, uh, Joel Lederton was in Black Mass, of course. Uh, Michael Caine was in Youth, and Samuel L. Jackson was in The Hateful Eight. Okay. Uh, so what these guys essentially do is that they pick the major films of the year. Wait a minute, you mean Joel Lederton was in The Gift? He was in The Gift, and he was in Black Mass, and oh. he's been picked for both. 
Oh, uh, so oh. it's yeah. So uh, the idea it's it's not like a nomination or a category okay, or anything. Okay, okay. It's not in any way related to the Oscars, or At it all. does not really matter if they've been nominated or not. Because so I was going to say some of them are missing out <laughs> on the Oscar nomination. So what they do is that they essentially pick what they feel are the best films and the best performances of okay. the year, and this happens in December. And a lot of times, what happens it does overlap with a lot of the Oscar nominees. So mm-hmm. for example, if you look at the actresses list. A lot of them sort of overlap. So there's Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, mm-hmm. who's been nominated. There's Brie Larson for Room, who's yeah. been nominated. There's Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs. She's nominated in the Best Supporting Actress category. Mm-hmm. There's Kate Blanchett for Carol. She's nominated. Uh, there's Jane Fonda for Youth. She's not been nominated. Uh, <laughs> Helen Mirren for yeah, rub it Shambhal, in, why don't you? <laughs> Charlotte Rampling for 45 years, who's been nominated, and Carrie Mulligan for Suffragette, yeah. who's not been nominated. So I think it's a mix of nominees and non... I, I think it doesn't matter. I, I don't think you should pay too much importance mm-hmm. to whether these guys are nominated or not. It's just a really fun conversation where industry folks sit together. Like, I remember one of mm-hmm. the best roundtables I had watched was this television roundtable where they'd got the creators of Mad Men. Uh, so there was uh, there was Matthew Weiner from uh, from Mad Men. There was Vince Gilligan who had done Bra- Breaking Bad. There was Aaron Sorkin who was doing Newsroom at the time. Yeah. Uh, then they got n- uh, Nick Pizzolato from uh, the guy who did True Detective. Yeah. They got Carlton Cuse who was the creator of Lost uh and had uh, wow. then been writing Bates Motel so so you had just so much talent in that room and they just sit and they talk about each other's work and it's great fun because i mean it's great to see Sokin talk about how he probably cannot tell stories like say a Matthew Weiner does who whose writing relies on building up characters over several seasons whereas Sokin's yeah. is more dialogue laden sort of fast conversations and you know they're more heavy on repartee and 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 conversations so you've got two writers who come from very different schools yeah. of screenwriting sitting together talking about each other's work appreciating each other but you're awesome no, you're awesome <laughs> but but there are there are at times you know they do get into disagreements which are great fun to watch oh, as well so but cool. i think this 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 needs to become an annual thing for people i mean if you just go on the hollywood reporter youtube page uh, you just, I'm type, just binge watch just, you could totally binge watch these because <laughs> over the se- last several years mm-hmm. they do it once after the Emmys where they get the best actors actresses uh, and uh, creators of drama and comedy shows mm-hmm. so that's just six right there yeah. and they do about four later uh, with the mainstream films so the, the feature films rather yeah. which is actor actress film uh, director and screenwriter so that's four more so I mean yeah you could totally do that but, but this year's uh, the ones that you should be concerned about is again in the writers as Amy Schumer for having written Trainwreck there's Aaron Sorkin of course for Steve Jobs there's Tom McCarthy for Spotlight there's Emma Donahue for uh, Room there's Nick Hornby for Brooklyn and there's Meg LeFeu for uh, for having written Inside Out she wrote that the animated was the animated movie? film okay. she's written that with Pete Docter he's not on the list mm-hmm. and then of course the directors there's Quentin Tarantino Tom Hooper Alejandro Inaritu, Ridley Scott, Danny Boyle and David O. Russell. So a lot of these names nice. kind of get repeated because, you know, a lot of times, so for example, when a Russell film comes out, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's he's featured uh, for Silver Linings Playbook as well yeah. on, on the playlist. But uh, but it's great fun to watch these sort of industry guys getting together end of the year, just chit-chatting. It's about hour long. 
each conversation That's and so nice. yeah yeah it's it it's totally bingeable the word we created think, in the first episode yeah bingeable we got to keep bringing bingeable back yeah, every time and watch out i think watch it's pretty bingeable in that sense B- no no okay but all right sorry <laughs> But it is bingeable. It is. I I want to binge watch this because I love all this like insider. You know, like the people who make stuff and who act and stuff and do, like for them to talk to each other and like this is TV one. I'm definitely checking it out. That do sounds that. so cool. Do it. So you know what? We'll be back uh, every week on Monday with Aniguha. This has been Watcha. So if you want to keep in touch with us and maybe pick uh, Ani's brains a little bit like I do every week, uh, you can get in touch with him by either uh, finding us on Facebook at Watcha with Aniguha, or you can stalk him on Twitter. And how do they do that? They can tweet to me at Aniguha. A N I G U H A. Correct. Yay! Oh, thanks, honey. And I will hopefully have something really cool to actually watch like this weekend. Yeah. Thanks so the next time we speak, you've got to give one recommendation as well. I do. Yes. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah. So But it's going to be something really. That's your homework for the next week. Weird. Can it be something old? It can be weird? whatever you want it to be. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> watch out! Watch out!